Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is, once again, sports time as we are talking Week 14 in the National Football League after a pretty good Week 13 where, once again, the public got super beat up. But we on this podcast uh, did pretty damn well. We're just a hair away. San Francisco kind of. We were all on San Francisco. San Francisco biffed it on Monday night. What are you going to do? Sometimes Josh Allen has the game of his career. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say Josh Allen played the best game of his entire career on Monday. Uh, against the Niners, and that uh, stopped us from having collectively the greatest week in the history of this podcast, but we still all made money and we're still up, and that's really all that matters. Um, Joining me today, as always, uh, Bill Needles. How are you, Bill? I am fantastic, thank you. All right, great to have you. Bill Needles coming off the Week 14 win. He was 4-1 and one last week. Nearly San Francisco cost you a 5-0, oh, which kind of sucks, but uh, we'll see if you can get it this week. Rounding out our trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? Doing well. Oh, sorry, you cut out there. What'd you say? I just said I'm. I just said I'm doing well. Oh, that's good. All right. <laughs> Maintain doing well this day. All right, that's great. Um, so a pretty crazy week thirteen. I don't have anything I particularly want to discuss off the hop, other than this one thing. Let's get let's get this out of the way because I don't want to spend too much on the topic of this particular team once we get there, but. I have to ask you, gentlemen, Greg Williams was fired this week. A lot of the stuff that I listened to and read seemed to be um, wanted to calm people down from thinking the the Jets purposely threw that uh, that last play. There was a lot about that that that, that stat kept popping up everywhere that the the Pro Football Focus guys did, where they said. Uh, what was it? If it meets the requirements of these three requirements, which means a team needed a touchdown, 15 seconds or less, and 40 yards or more to go, nobody had ever sent as many blitzers as the Jets did on that play on the on the Rugs touchdown to lose the uh, that cost them the game. And a lot of the pundits and stuff seem to be saying, "Listen, let's chalk it up to Greg Williams is is a complete and utter moron," as opposed to the Jets tried to lose on purpose. And my question to you guys is, can it be both? Uh, like, nope. <laughs> like, I, I get what you're saying, but yeah. it, it, like, A, that's how Greg Williams is a coordinate the defense. B, mm-hmm. this is probably going to be his last go, no matter what, as a defensive coordinator. I don't think that he's going to get another gig. Um, I don't even understand how he got this gig, but then you account for the fact that the Jets are morons and the uh, you figure things out pretty quickly. Either way, uh, I don't think that's going to happen for him, him getting another job. And I don't think that losing to get a quarterback that you'll never be on the sidelines to coach, that you get no benefit from that quarterback being there is something that he would do. Look, do front offices tank? Coaches and players do not. I stand by that. I really don't think that's the way this shook down. I mean, I, the, the, the one slight has, because I, I agree with everything you said entirely. I, I mean, don't, don't, 
attribute to tanking what you can attribute to Greg Williams, I think is the uh, is the 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 Occam's razor like thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it give it uh, on this podcast, but I the the slight hesitation I have is the fact that on the play before they also gave up a deep ball to Aguilar where he was three feet behind the defense and then Carr just missed him. And so yeah. that that to me I'm just like boy that's, that's suspicious. That's, <laughs> right? That's like, how he calls defense. It's oh yeah, yeah, we're just gonna blitz all the time. You know what I mean? That's why that's why there were multiple blitzes uh, several plays in a row, because that's how he calls a defense. And it has not been effective for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, if I'm an NFL defensive back, at no point do I want a ball sailing over my head, no matter what my coach says. Yeah. And you know yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, that's the other thing too. Now that being said, um, who was the corner on the uh oh, oh. it was Lamar Jackson. Not 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 that Lamar Jackson, but the other Lamar Jackson. Um Lamar Jackson, of course, uh, even if he'd not like the call of all out blitz, he's the guy in covers, doesn't matter what he thinks. However, Marcus May had some questions about that call in the uh, in the media. Not the call, um, not the call there, but the call that left Marcus May one on one against Waller on a uh, on a fourth down earlier in the game on a drive that, uh, oddly enough, uh, they never scored on the uh, the Raiders, and that was looked looked like it was going to be the drive that, uh, that 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 was it for them. Either way, uh, they're in a situation where. Um, they don't have a lot of talented players, so they were just trying to make something happen. Now, why you try to make something happen like that in that situation, I can't imagine the answer to that. It just, But if you look at his defenses over the years, they just they blitz a ton. And there was a long time when he wasn't coaching and between the Saints Bounty Gate scandal and we got that job offer with the Rams in 2014. Again, I'm still wondering how we got that. Um, it's got to be great in interviews, Greg Williams. <laughs> right? I I, I I guess I don't know. It's got to be something, right? Like, is he just dynamite in interviews? (laughs) I truly understand how he became the uh, head coach of the Buffalo Bills because those defenses he coordinated in Tennessee, uh, including the one that uh, lost the Super Bowl by a yard to the greatest show on turf Rams, those are some really good defenses. But the strategy needs to evolve. Things need to evolve, and he just simply hasn't done that. And um, he got fired for good reason. I, I would be very surprised if he got to be an NFL defensive coordinator ever again. Very, very surprised. Yeah, I think I think I think we're done here with Greg Williams. What a moment that was for Scott Hansen, though, in the uh, in, in uh, during his 200th episode on, on Red Zone, where it seemed like within two minutes we basically had uh we, we basically we basically had uh, Houston fumbled the ball at the goal line with a chance to win the game. Ruggs had a giant touchdown. The Lions came uh, through like there was a fumble that led to a Lions uh, touchdown when they beat the Bears, and then uh, your Minnesota Vikings blew a lead, which they later won in overtime though, and that seemed like that all happened within the window of about two minutes there. So Scott Hansen was just going nuts on his 200th episode. Congratulations well, you know, to him. It would have been. Way. Good. And I wish I had a camera on during that entire ordeal. Would have been Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Because he's watching the Jets almost win, the Jackson almost win, and thinking to himself, this is stupid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be on one of these stupid teams. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I just, it, I don't like the fact that we're also hearing the, like, it's that time of year again where people are going to say, because it looks like it's going to be the Jets or the Jaguars that end up with probably the Jets. 
and my brother was pretty happy about that that touchdown that he gave up. Like, I, like he immediately texted me after the rugs bomb, and he was like, "I knew they could do it." <laughs> He's just like, "Oh man, it was it was so bad." But like, I mean, it, it, honestly, I know it sounds like dramatic to say, but it's it's true mm-hmm. that eight six to seven minute window mm-hmm. uh, of football on Sunday may wind up dramatically shifting the uh, the the future of the league for the next 15 years. If Trevor Lawrence has a Hall of Fame career, then, like, that, like th- there's an argument to say, like, let's say he has a Hall of Fame career and six years from now the Jets win a, a Super Bowl. Let's, let's, let's just pretend... The, Super Bowl. the Jets are relevant six years from now. They're in True. a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, let's... Yeah, let's say the Jets just... Had, yeah, let's say Trevor Lawrence has a Hall of Fame career in place for the Jets the entire time, man. Like, we can think about that Ruggs touchdown and be like, yeah, that was something right there. <laughs> like, we can think about that. That that win like, probability was like 99.6 or something like that. Like, like the, the win probability for the, for the um, I believe the win probability for the Raiders in that moment was akin to Todd Gurley going down or going into the end zone for some reason when he shouldn't have. And the, what the Falcons did in the Super Bowl, Like it was, it was on the level of boy, those things should never have happened. Right. Like it was, it was that bizarre. Uh, Looking at just that whole, the future of the league potentially being impacted and all that stuff. It just is, it's, it's, it's weird to say, but we are in a spot right now where look, do teams want to have the first overall pick to draft, Joe Burrow, yes. Did they want to have it to draft Kyler Murray? Yes. But we didn't even know for sure when the NFL season was coming to a close that those were going to be the guys. Burrow, we had a pretty good idea. But Kyler, we didn't know that for sure. Uh, Baker Mayfield, we didn't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, Lawrence, we know for sure. We know for sure who the guy is. And if you look in the, the history of the NFL in the last 25 years, like, I know there was a debate, but we had a pretty good idea for most of the 1997 uh, college football season that Peyton Manning was going to be the guy. Yeah. Andrew Luck in 2012, same thing. Is, is, is Lawrence, like, is there anyone else that, oh, yeah, you're, you're tanking to get this particular player? Maybe Michael Vick, but he the pick that was used on him went up getting traded anyway. But was, is, was there anyone else over the years where we have said, oh, yeah, when like NBA is a different story. But, oh, yeah, if you NHL is a different story, too. But if you wind up with the first overall pick, you are going to get this particular player because we know in November and December, that is the guy you're going to get if you finish last, like we know right now. I No, I agree with you. I think the last time was, was Andrew Luck. Yeah. I think, I think when we were this only, certain. Yeah, I think those are the only three in the last 25 years. I really yeah. believe and I'll tell you what gives it away because because this thing happens once every 20 years or so where the Jets are so bad right now that the the latest hot takey stuff and it, and it, I I heard it more this week more than anything because of how close we came to the Jacksonville Jaguars all of a sudden being in the in the uh, in the driver's seat for for the number one overall pick was you know you heard there was a lot talk of like. Well, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I, I pull an Eli Manning. I refuse to go to the Jets. I just I just refuse to go to the Jets. I'm not wasting my career in the Jets. And that only happens 
in with these that usually only happens with these once in a blue moon guys and it's really only happened with like Eli did it and your boy Elway did it back in the back in the day but Elway did it for the same reason Eric Lindros did it where the team that was about to draft him had a a maniac owner like a just yeah. a, a a drunk maniac and owner and that family still owns the Colts to this day mm-hmm. uh but yeah <laughs> uh, well, moral of the story John, John Elway didn't trust a guy who moved the Colts in the middle of the night without telling anyone exactly um, yeah but yeah, but you're right that maybe like I don't think Lawrence would do that. But no, you never know. No when way. He, when Eli Manning did it, I really believe this to this day. Eli Manning would have played for the Chargers if there wasn't that information leaked, presumably from the Chargers camp, that they preferred Philip Rivers to Eli Manning. If that whole story didn't happen, I really believe Eli Manning would have played for the Chargers. Yeah, and that's so. There's there's mitigating really circumstances with those two times. This time it's just everybody was like, he should just do it because the Jets suck. The Jets yeah. suck. He shouldn't it's, go there. It's, and it's, it's like, not, yeah, no, come on. He's not going to do that. Right. Like, uh, at least I, I would be so. surprised. I would be surprised. But uh, it, it's it's not going to be too long until an NFL prospect does that again. Well, maybe not an NFL. NFL is a little bit tougher, but yeah. maybe an NFL prospect does that in the not too distant future. I just I don't know which which market or which team would be considered disastrous enough for that to happen. But uh, no, it's uh, it's on the table. Uh, all right, anyway, that's enough about uh, the New York Jets. And, <laughs> that's enough New York Jets talk. Let's move on. Let's talk about good NFL teams. Yeah, all right. Uh, week uh, 14, we got ourselves a pretty darn good Thursday night football matchup here. Rematch of a Super Bowl from a couple years ago with uh, a few different faces. The New England Patriots coming off an absolute drubbing of the San- – oh, jeez, I almost said San Diego – of the L.A. Chargers there. A game all three of us were on, and a game that I'm going to declare the most, the the, the easiest bet I've ever gotten right in the history of me gambling. And, and, like, we got that game when, on early in the week, when the New England Patriots were getting two points. By the time that game started, they were giving two points. And they did not disappoint either side because they won the game 45 nothing. And that game, the second it kicked off, it was it was donezo. The Patriots head into L.A. This line is currently five and a half. It opened up at five at minus five and a half for the Rams. It briefly spent some time on Tuesday at minus six, and the Sharps came in hard on the Patriots. And the Sharps already liked the Patriots at the minus five and a half. So when it went to the six, they really loaded up. On Patriots, Sharps are on the Patriots, Publics on the Rams, Rams currently minus five and a half. What do you think, Bill? I like the points here. I think it'll be a close game. Um, I I do think the Rams are a better team, Um, but these Thursday games, they can sometimes be a bit sluggish, come out a bit slow. Uh, I'm happy to have the points here. So give me the the Patriots. I think I agree with you. I'm I'm thinking points as well. Craig, where are you on Rams, Patriots? I am um, thinking the Rams. Okay. I just I, Thursday, New England's flying across the country, and I no, just, they're not. They stayed in it. They stayed in L.A. Oh, they yeah, because oh, they oh. yeah they played the Chargers and they stayed there, which you know oh, is smart. Okay. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, either whether they are or they're not, um, I think the Rams are significantly more talented than the Patriots are. And yeah, the Patriots defense had a nice showing the other night uh, or the other afternoon against against the Chargers. I, I don't dispute that, but I I just think that the Rams are going to find a way to be able to move the ball and maybe not. It's not going to look great at times. I just don't like how's new England scoring in this game. The Rams defense is legitimately good and they've come into this season with the strategy of 
we've got two superstars and we're going to plan around them and hopefully one of our draft picks hit. Well, they've had a couple of their draft picks hit. And um, I, I just, I, I really like what the Rams are doing this season. I think they're going to win this game. I, I mean, I, I, I think they're going to win the game. I just think it'll be close. This feels like a field goal to me, which is why I agree with Bill and I, I want the points. And I just think Bill Belichick will be able to come up with enough stuff to confuse Jared Goff. I mean, he's done it before. He can do it again. Uh, so yes, I think they'll do there's, that. There's but difference I would make, though, for that particular if, – if you, if you look at Sean McVay and, and Bill Belichick as chess players, yes, mm. Bill Belichick kicked Sean McVay's ass on the grandest of stages. Well, now they're playing again, but Belichick is basically playing with all pawns and a rook. Mm-hmm. Um, like For sure. he's, yeah, he's shorthanded. So if Belichick mm-hmm. looks that good again this time, it's, it's that's his crowning achievement. But uh, I don't Bill- think that's the way this is going to happen. Belichick's also the type of guy who, when you're not looking, he'll switch out his pawn with a couple of queens, and then you'll be like, "Wait, what happened?" And he'll be like, "No, yeah, no, I, no, I had those the whole time. What are you talking about?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's that guy. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I think this will be. A, this feels like a field goal game to me. So I, I, I want the points. And more to that point, like, yeah, I, I do question how New England is going to move the ball here because man, Cam's arm is shot right now. That man can't throw the ball. Like 10 they scored 45 points and less than 70 yards passing. Yeah. <laughs> no, they <laughs> All scored special teams, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, but like, geez. And some um, short fields. Yeah. yeah, they had some short fields, and I get it. And they they want to run, they want to do this single wing stuff, and it's 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 interesting. It's fun. I just think that the Rams defense is going to make they're they're not going to score very often in this game. I I really like the under in this game. It's 40, 45. I, I, you got it. Yeah. To me, the under be, is the play in this that game. That might be the bet to make to spice things up tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Sunday games. Sunday afternoon, first up, and we start off with a burn burner here as the Houston Texans come to Chicago to take on the Bears. Uh, Texans giving two on the road. Gentlemen, we got a hold your nose and take the Bears scenario because blah. Oh, man, the Bears are awful. Uh, absolute choke job against the Lions. I'm glad the Lions didn't, uh, like, this could be Trubisky's last year at the helm of the Bears. I'm glad we at least uh, didn't get swept by Mitch Trubisky's entire career, which, that boy, that would have been devastating. But uh, this is this is Sunday. Jeez. Oh, yeah, that was it for me. I, well, only Lions fans were aware of that. Nobody else pays that close enough attention, right? So, and, and the Lions are, are just tragic mess as well but um yeah the used just two teams that like cannot be trusted and can shoot themselves in the foot and then the other foot and then fall over and manage to shoot somebody else in the foot while they're at it but man uh i think you just hold your nose and take the bears if you're one of those compulsive types who has to gamble what do you think bill yeah, I'm all on the Bears here. Um, not only, like, Houston wasn't good to begin with. They they still lost their possession receiver in Fuller. Um, I'll take points at home when the Bears' defense is not as terrible as the offense, probably. Uh, so I don't think Houston's going to be able to move the ball at all. So give me the Bears. Yeah. I, what do you think on this one, Craig? Bears getting two at home. Uh, I want the Bears as well. Uh, I will say this, though, the, the interesting storyline about this game and a bunch of Chicago writers have already done it, the beat writers, that um, the Bears quarterback, who, as you said, appears to be uh, clock is ticking on his time as Bears quarterback. Uh, the Bears could have drafted Deshaun Watson instead of Mr. Brisky. And that one is not hindsight. 
and I know we talked about it on this show. Like we, we, if you've watched any college football, you would want Deshaun Watson over Mitch Trubisky, and that shouldn't be close. Should it be an easy one? And the Bears obviously didn't get, pay attention to that. Now, traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, they traded up. They, they, they traded up a spot. Yeah. Now, the, the people would say, well, they missed on Mahomes, too. I can give a team a pass for missing on Mahomes from the perspective of he's he's in this crazy offense in the Big 12. He's chucking the ball over the place. Can you rein that in? Like, I can understand how a team would look at that and say, well, uh, maybe we're taking a chance here. I don't know if I want to take a chance. I do not, for the life of me, understand how you look at Deshaun Watson's career at Clemson and not think to yourself, yeah, that guy can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. I cannot yeah. for the life of me figure that out. Uh, so, yes, th- those stories are being written about quite a bit in Chicago, so that's a good storyline for this game. That being said, um, it's one of those situations where what is the line of the two teams traded quarterbacks if you just look at the remainder of rosters for both teams? Uh, if the, these two teams traded quarterbacks, the Bears are probably favored by two touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I will. I will. I will take. I will take uh, the Bears because I think that they uh, they're going to find a way to win this game. Can the Bears make a Godfather offer to the Texans and get? No, no. Like what's what, like what's like you you probably just need to have young players on your roster that you can build around. I I don't think the Texans are moving Watson unless he demands to get out. And I think that we got a little bit of time until we get to that point. But, um, well, I don't know what the offer would be. Like, it would have to be something like, okay, here are our next four first round picks or something. If that, yeah, that's, if that's what I was thinking. So, yeah. If that's the offer, so be it. But, uh, th- this is the team that just traded two first round picks for Khalil Mack. Uh, I don't think they should be trading first round picks for anybody right, right. now. I think they the, uh, they should be going into a massive rebuild. They should be trading Mack the first chance they get to some other team to get more pieces for said rebuild. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot they traded the first picks for Max. So, yeah, there's no Godfather offer for the Bears. But, yeah, my, my thing was thinking, I was like, could they move three firsts and get them? Because then they'd have an actual team sure. that could. They, yeah, they, but... they, uh, here's the thing. A, the Bears are over the salary cap for next year. Mm-hmm. So if you add Watson's money, that's a real problem. And B, um, they could do that. But you just you, you can't be a team that's that star for young talent. We've seen it in Houston. If you trade a bunch of quarterback, uh, trade a bunch of first round picks, and you don't have other ways of filling the roster, you're in a bad spot. Even if you have Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. so I, the, the, the like the Bears are maybe the most awkward situation of the teams that are going to be looking to change directions this offseason. I suspect Ryan Pace is going to be fired. Uh, they're perhaps the most awkward situation. Actually, no, they're in the second most awkward situation because the Philadelphia Eagles exist, and I. <laughs> you have to think that Howie Roseman and, and Doug Peterson are going to get let go, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're all on the Bears this week. The Bears of the play. Just hold your nose and take the Bears. Next up, the Tennessee Titans head to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. The Titans coming off getting clubbed by the Cleveland Browns. Came back a little bit, but I think that was more a product of... I mean, I guess they had an onside kick to attempt to tie the game, but th- I think that was more of a product of the Browns putting it into cruise control in the, in the fourth yes. quarter there. Um, demolition by the Browns. That was the most impressive performance I think that we've seen from the Browns in like this era of the Browns, they were really, really good for sure. Uh, Titans giving seven and a half on the road. They're giving you the half point hook. I'm uh, this game's a stay away for me, but if I had to bet, I think you got to take Jacksonville. Um, I'm taking look. We've seen it before. A lot of teams go into Jacksonville and, and that Florida thing messes people up. It happens in Miami as well. The Florida thing messes people up. The, the extra point on the hook, I think is what I want. Uh, the Titan. The, on the flip side, the Titans just got drubbed. They're going to be looking to take it out on somebody. But uh, I, I, this game's a stay away for me. What do you think, Bill? 
Yeah, I don't like going uh, either side on this one, but I would probably take the points. I don't feel like Tennessee has done really enough to make me want to give that many points to them, especially with the hook on there. Um, take the points, but I'm not loving it. Uh, Craig, where are you on this one? Titans given seven and a half on the road. Uh, I want the Jags. Mm-hmm. I think this for the Titans, it's a very much a uh, – we're going to just slow things down. We're going to run the ball with Henry, and I don't think they're scoring 30-plus again. Um, I think Jacksonville score a little bit in this game, too. I really do think that. Um, so uh, Tennessee wins this game, but uh, I want the points. All right. Uh, next up, your boys, Craig. The Denver Broncos are heading into Carolina to take on Teddy Covers and the Panthers. I have no line on this game, and I don't know why I have no line on this game. Do you currently have a line in front of you, Craig? I don't actually, and I was actually just looking at some of my other spots where I see lines. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that, that is a good question. Why is there no line on this football game? I have no idea. Is, um, is, is it questionable? Am I not? Am I just like? I'm not sure. Um, you riff about how you feel on this game since it is your boys, and I'll see if I can find a line for this game. I'm gonna uh, check some apps. Go ahead, Craig. Uh, I would say that the loss that the Broncos had on Sunday night was the most frustrating loss that the Broncos have had uh, in the post-Manning era. Um, I think that that is uh, very that, – that's, 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 they should have won that game. The defense played well enough to win that game. Locke made a couple of incredibly bad decisions. And um, I, don't know, I think that – look, uh, the evidence – has probably been coming in for most of the season, but I think that we might have enough evidence here that Locke is not uh, not the guy that perhaps they should uh, be moving forward with here. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens in the off season. The Broncos are three and a half point underdogs against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I just brought that up too. It opened up at four on the the according to the Action Network app, which is a great app. Um, I just don't understand why there's a couple of books that are not offering this right. Now. I yeah, weird. I I if it if the Broncos are getting three and a half, I like the Broncos because there's that hook again. For yeah. and, and you brought this up last week, but based on the performance I saw in that Sunday night game, Craig, I like John Elway should already be calling the Lions and being like, "What do I got to do to get Matt Stafford in Denver next year?" Like like to, to like you have a like your best players are injured. And you still put up that kind of performance on the road in Kansas City, where you probably should have won the game. And if you had some some quarterback play, you you would have won that game easily. So yeah. I, I don't know. To, to well, Drell Casey and Von Miller are probably the two best, uh, two of the three best defensive players Denver has on the roster. So you know, if you had those guys, might have been in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, um, Bryce Callahan didn't play in this game. He's their best corner. Um, yeah. No, I uh, I agree that. There, you got to do something. I, I, and I don't know what the market's going to be like on some of these guys. Maybe Denver's a Carson Wentz team. I'd like to see someone perhaps that you're a little more certain about. But there's, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely reason, and they've got a ton of cap space, which is swell. Uh, but there is reason to going into this next coming, this upcoming season to make a decision to say, hey, you know what? We should push the chips into the center on a quarterback because with uh, an above-average quarterback, this has a chance to be a really good team. 
Yeah. Really good team. I, I think you should try try to trade for Stafford, and I would enjoy watching every minute of every Broncos game rooting for Matt Stafford. That would be like that would be my Ray Bork moment, you know? Right? Like we would be rooting for Stafford like that. Uh, let's act as if it's Broncos plus three and a half. Broncos plus three and a half in Carolina. What do you think, Bill? I, I think with the performance you saw last week, you kind of got to go Broncos there. Like if they can hang for even a half with Kansas city, there is no reason why they can't beat Carolina. So give me a couple points with it. Um, I, I think Denver's the play there, but man, they've just been, there's been a couple games where Denver looks like one of the worst teams in the league and a couple games where they think they're, you're one step away from being the best. So maybe Stafford is that step. I guess we'll find out, but for now I'll take Denver. Uh, Flip side to this, like devil's advocate to this, if you're taking the Panthers side, the arguments you would make for Panthers. Panthers coming off a bye week, a little extra rest, and Broncos kind of left it all out on the field against the Chiefs, so it might be a bit of a letdown spot for the Broncos. Plus, the Panthers have Teddy Covers. Uh, what would uh, your official thing on this be, Craig, if you have uh, Broncos plus three and a half? I would think the Broncos, and I, I think I know why there's no line in this game, and I should have thought of this because this player's on my fantasy team. Uh, DJ Moore uh, went on the COVID list this week, and so did Curtis Samuel. Oh, so, okay. Fine because they're worried that, well, who else is going to go on the COVID list? And what's this going to look like? So as of right now, they seem to have. Uh, so uh, were they close contact or positive? Uh, I, we don't know the answer to that. But the fact that they're both receivers would tell me that perhaps that they, that one yeah. was positive, the other was close contact. Damn. Yeah. Damn shame. Oh, man. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Uh, wow. What can you say about this game? The Dallas Cowboys, who look dreadful. I was on the Cowboys yesterday, the same way I was on Washington the night before, and I had Washington on the money line. Uh, one of my best calls ever. But um, I very much felt that losing – I very much felt that uh, Pittsburgh was in trouble of getting clipped not because they were bad or because they played bad in that game, although they had a bad second half. But I attribute that more to the fact that they got wore the F out by having to play five days later. And in the second half, they were just they just had nothing in the tank and can't really blame them for that based on how the schedule got screwed for them in the prior two weeks. And it, it all just kind of culminated in that second half with a really good performance by the Washington defense. So, and I felt the exact same way by the other team that got yanked around, much like Pittsburgh, which was the Baltimore Ravens, who the Cowboys had yesterday on Tuesday. Unfortunately for me, I didn't know that Greg Zerline was just going to miss a bunch of easy field goals, and the Cowboys were just not going to phone it in to the point where even Troy Aikman <laughs> eviscerated the franchise that he very rarely takes pot shots at uh, for that performance at the end of the game there. That was pretty funny. But... Uh, what can I say to you guys other than the fact that this abysmal Dallas Cowboys team is a minus three and a half point road favorite? They're giving you the hook. And uh, wow. Um, first off, I'll let Craig say what he needs to say about this game, and then we'll, we, we can talk a little bit about, about this. Scott Hansen. Uh, yeah. Usually my warnings are, are more in jest. Don't show this game. Ha ha ha. I mean it. I yeah. mean what I said. <laughs> I would rather, you know, those times in between games and things are a little bit slow and you're doing stat packs and things along those lines. I would rather see that than this game. If you want to show me the touchdowns after they happen, sure. I guess we can do that, Scott. But Scott Hansen, do not show this game. I don't care about the Andy Dalton revenge game factor that is staring us in the face. Scott <laughs> Hansen, do not show this game. 
it was speaking of funny like packages did you see what happened at the, during the fox pregame yesterday no no well it was just kind of funny but like because obviously des bryant was heading back to dallas to take on the cowboys right or or well it, it was in but it was the yeah. cowboys and, and the way they did it was basically because um, was it um, cousin Sal does these funny little joke skits before he makes his pick for Fox now on the Thursday night games, except in this case it was Tuesday because this game got moved. So it went from cousin Sal doing this thing where because he's a Cowboy fan, so it was this sketch where he was watching the Cowboys do that fourth and ten fake punt that everybody made fun of last week and was one of the worst calls in the history of the play. So he watches it and then it shows him like you know throwing his TV out of a window or something like that, and then it went from that to like him throwing like he threw his TV off off a roof and then he threw like watermelons and shit at the TV that were on the ground to like really go over the top. And then he said something like, I'm going to make you guys in the booth some smoothies with these. And then it immediately cut back to them. And they were like, well, we could use some smoothies because we just got the bad news that Des Bryant has uh, been yanked from this game. Mid, He was on the field practicing and in pads and now he's got COVID. And then they immediately went from that to two, like for two minutes to a, package about des bryant going back and trying to get revenge like a, a three-minute window package that they'd filmed about des bryant going to get revenge on dallas that they had obviously pre-taped and were like so i'm just picturing the guys in the production booth going like what do we do do we just grab ass and for for like three and a half minutes or whatever or do we just run this des bryant thing and they uh, they eventually settled on fuck it just run the des bryant thing who cares but it was just it was just a funny sequence of events for me just watching like just thinking about the poor people in the truck who had to deal with that sort of nonsense right where it's just like we we filmed this des bryant thing and now we can't even with this des bryant revenge game package and we like he just got yanked from the game literally two minutes before we're about to throw to it it was just those poor those poor production guys man i tell you um yeah cowboys laying three and a half on the road bill what do you have to say i don't know um Yeah, probably. I think I like the Cowboys here. Normally, I just take the, the points because I hate these teams. But I, I do think the Cowboys might be better than three and nine. Like, if they can establish the run, which there's really no reason why they shouldn't, um, they'll be able to just march all over Cincinnati. So give me the Cowboys, but don't watch it. Zeke Elliott's been awful since. Yeah, but Since he's had like Dak went every down. once in a while he has a run where you're like, oh yeah, he's Zeke, and then he'll yeah. go back to just you know. It just seems like up. he doesn't give an f since since Dak went I down. Also, right? I also say that uh, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Travis Frederick not being around would have a lot to do with that. True, very true, and also with Dak out, you're like, let's just put eight in the box and not let you yeah. know, not not let so that, yeah Dak be or Zach, any, Zeke beat us. It over the top on us, so be it. But Zeke is not going to be doing that. I think that's pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty reasonable game plan. I think that's a lot of what Baltimore was doing the other night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just I, 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 everyone's saying that. Oh, the Dak is the is the reason the Cowboys are a mess, and that is true. He's he's a lot better than Andy Dalton. No, no dispute there. But the difference between Dak and Andy Dalton might be less than the difference between Tyron Smith and your third string tackle, or Zach Martin and your fourth string guard. Because that's about what we're doing right now in Dallas. Yeah, I agree. Weirdly, I'm with you, Bill. I think the Cowboys minus the three and a half, even with the hook, is the play. Now, I'm not going to have this as one of my five or bet this game, but I do truly think that's the play. Um, 
Uh, Craig, what do you think? Dallas giving up three and a half in Cincinnati. Uh, I think I would just take the Bengals because I can't bet on this Dallas team on the road and give up a three and a half points. I just I can't I can't physically bring myself to do it. Although I will not be gambling on this game. No, just stay away from it. There's better games to bet on. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs head to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Chiefs given seven on the road in Miami. This is going to be one of my five, and I think I might surprise you guys with this one. I want the Dolphins getting seven at home. Can't wait to hear what you guys think about this. I just think I also like the under in this game, which is 50. I think this is a a low-scoring grind-em-out type of game. I think the Dolphins could flat out win this football game. And I I just think that uh, Flores is, is going to be prepared if the Chiefs win. I think it's going to be a, a classic Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes just drives last second and they win the game by four like they've kind of been doing all week. Or all not all week, all year. And I just, I, I, I really like this Dolphins team. This is a playoff team getting seven points at home. We don't we're, we don't often get spots like this and and, and I'm gonna take it so I'm 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 on the dolphins getting seven what do you think bill I don't know that was sound logic but you, you think this Miami defense is going to be able to at least slow Mahomes down um, I do I do yeah. and I think that I think they'll I think they'll play the uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of short completions for Tua and I think they're going to uh do, just try to do the, the grind it out and limit the Chiefs possessions and I, I, I trust Blind Flores as a coach if you're a, a decent team which Miami is and you're playing Mahomes it, it really is all about that the quarterbacks that can keep the ball out of the opposing quarterbacks hands end up doing a heck of a lot better um so I'll assume that Miami does whatever they can to slow the game down which whether Kansas City wins or not they might win by less so Miami that seems reasonable to me uh, Chiefs giving seven in Miami. What do you think, uh, Craig? Uh, it's a tough line for me. I think I lean towards the Dolphins, but I don't know. Just something about this. This just seems like a like a like a weird line to me. Kansas City had a lousy week last week. I just have this weird feel, and and I don't know if the Dolphins are going to be able to do enough on the ground in mm-hmm. order to mm-hmm. make it so they're having these big long possessions and keeping Mahomes on the sideline. I just have this weird feeling uh, that this is just a game where Mahomes just goes absolutely nuts. We'll yeah, see. Might be. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, I, I, I trust so, in blind for us. Plus, plus that Florida I, thing I, that I we discussed blind earlier, right? Too. I'll tell you that, like uh, he was on the sidelines when Mahomes went to new England in his first year as a starter and just absolutely torched those guys. So, you know, they, they, of course he was on the sideline when, they beat them in the AFC title game, but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I I just I just think the Chiefs are scoring some points in this game, and we'll see if Miami can keep up. Chiefs are six and six against the spread, which you know makes sense. They've been given a lot of high lines this year. Miami oh. Dolphins best record in the NFL against the spread right now, nine and three. Hmm. So uh, take that, take that for take that for data, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm also. I, I also mentioned the Florida thing too. Is another teams going into Florida tend to perform a little bit less uh, crisp, let's say, than uh, than other team than than when going to other cities. So that's another reason I'm on the Dolphins. I uh, love them getting the plus uh, plus seven at home. Here's another line that I kind of like and just missed my five. I think uh, it opened up at Giants plus two and a half. It's currently Giants plus two. The Cardinals are getting two on the road in New York. I'm here to tell you right now, 
Now, I know Colt McCoy is getting a little bit too much credit for, for that victory against the Seahawks, but that was a legit win by the Seahawks. Or, sorry, by the Giants over the Seahawks. And I think that the Giants' defense is really coming around. It seems like they got a great coach. And Kyler Murray is clearly hurt. There's something up with his shoulder. He got that stinger two weeks ago. He's not pushing the ball downfield. And he's not taking off as much as he was, right? And, I mean, the Cardinals had their opportunities. Their defense also couldn't stop the Rams last week. They, there were a couple of third and 11s that the, where the Cardinals could have got off the field, and they just didn't, and that cost them that game. But uh, I like the Giants here. I think this. I think this is a spot to take the Giants. I think people are still undervaluing the uh, NFC East, which I can't blame them. But here we are, and the the Giants might just flat out win this game at, at home. What do you think, Craig? Cardinals giving two uh, in I, New York. I love the Giants this week. I think that the Cardinals are in a real, they're they're in a real funk. Uh, it does not look good for a lot of reasons. That game against the Rams, uh, the final score was flattering to Arizona. I really thought that. It did. So the Giants are playing like I'm taking the team that's playing well. The Giants are playing well. I want to I want the Giants at home and I'm getting two points. That's a delightful bonus. And look, I know people are going to say, Craig, the Giants are 24th in DVOA in your, the defense. We were just talking about They're 17th in defense in, in DVOA. Those things are both true, but they're, they're definitely on the upswing. So I will uh, I will take I will take the Giants and the two points at home. Yeah, I, I agree. And Cliff Kingsbury's he's. No mess. <laughs> like, you bet against yeah. that guy, and, and you'll have a good time. Cardinals getting two in New York. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, take the hot hand. Go with the Giants. Um, I, I think this could easily go the other way, um, but logic here says take the Giants at home with points when they're playing well. I'm taking the Giants just for that reason, even though I do think Arizona is a better team. Last game of the 1 o'clock slate and the marquee matchup of the 1 o'clock slate as well. Ya boys, Bill, the Minnesota Vikings coming off a overtime win, but a win nonetheless against the Jags. W's a W. Yeah, it's true, man. That like I texted, I should have texted you, but I, I didn't want to. You were, I don't like texting people when, uh, when, when their team has a has a game on the line like that. But I definitely texted Craig and I when, uh, <laughs> when you guys had the ball on the half yard line and. Ran it once with Dalvin Cook, and I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you try to get Dalvin Cook in, and then you ran it again, but then you lost a couple yards, and I'm like, okay, you probably should have just kicked the field goal. Field goal wins the game here, and then I texted Craig, and they lined up, I think, a th- I, I'm not sure, they lined up a third time, but there was a timeout, and I was yep. just like, okay, what are they doing? <laughs> like, just kick the field goal. And I know that Buddy missed, like, two earlier, didn't quite yes. go full Greg Zerline, but at the same time, if, like, they're on the half-yard line, just kick the field goal with the... Oh, with, like, the... With, with Dalvin Cook, at the half-yard line, I bet you Dalvin Cook gets that... I yeah, I, I... hit a field goal. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's... much more... There's so many more moving parts, though, even in a hand, like just so much more can go wrong. I mean, look what happened to Houston, right? Like you, yeah. like Houston was, was heading in there and then all of a sudden bad snap and the game's over, right? Like there's just, man, I, I, I just, and they ended up kicking the field goal. And if the guy, the guy had a missed it, then yeah, you, you tell him to take his Jersey off and be like, yeah, you're fired. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. We'll get somebody else for this. <laughs> you're <job>. cabin home. <laughs> um, the Vikings are getting six and a half in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay coming off a bye week. I love your Vikings here. They're going to be one of my five. What do you think, Bill? Same. Uh, it's too high. 
I mean, I understand mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay gets the edge in this one, but way too high at 6.5. They will play a hard-fought game. Um, this one, I think, is going to get settled. Hopefully at the half yard line or going into overtime by the Vikings. Cause I love that kind of stress. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a close game. And if it's going to be a close game, just give me the points. You're almost guaranteed to win. If it's within a score, the Bucks defense has been great, but the two things people have said that they have difficult difficulty stopping is a really good run game and a team that loves uh, play action deep balls. Hey, yeah. Minnesota can do that. Hey, they're getting the Vikings this week, Craig. What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's Tampa Bay, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, they're coming off the bye. Uh, I think that they have had some kinks in the offense. There's been some kinks in the hose, if you will. I think that they'll have a chance to have uh, gotten some of those things a little bit ironed out. I think that we're going to have a little more Antonio Brown after this. And I know the Vikings have been playing a lot better lately. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily love the six and a half points, but the Buccaneers know if they lose this game, they're all of a sudden in trouble when it comes to making the playoffs. I think they will no matter what, obviously. But if they lose this game, they're all of a sudden in trouble. Now, from the Vikings' perspective, uh, the the week, uh, week 13 of the NFL season uh, would not have gone any better if the Vikings got to pick the winners and losers of each game. Uh, it would turn out exactly the way that it did. Uh, if you look at the uh, if you look at the wild card standings, all of a sudden, if you, there, Minnesota is sitting in a playoff spot, and the team that's right behind them is Arizona, uh, a team that's not playing particularly well. Then you have the Bears and Lions; uh, those teams are playing particularly well. Even if they were the Vikings of the tiebreaker on both of them, I suspect that'll continue through the rest of the season. Everyone else is pretty much out of it, except for perhaps Washington football team. But they're not going to take Minnesota's spot; they would take the Giants' spot. Um, even though Minnesota's got a tough schedule left, they have to like the way things are looking right now. I'll tell you right now, if they win this game, they're going to get in because they'll have the tiebreaker around Tampa Bay too. The Buccaneers know that. They're ready to go for this game. I think Tampa Bay wins. I think Tampa Bay wins. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, I mean I'll... could win too, but I think that um, this game's got backdoor cover potential written all over it too, especially the way the, the Vikings work in, in the last seconds. Like if it's, if it's a 13 point game and the Vikings have the ball with like 30 seconds left, I'm feeling pretty good with the plus six and a half. I think I just, I, I think the Vikings will be able to keep up. And that I think be this some... is the week we all rehash that conversation is Tom Brady cooked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't, I don't know, but with the week off, I think like Craig said, I think yeah, he's going to be I, fine. Yeah. I think that'll Although look he, fine. He really but... doesn't have the deep ball. He used to, but he, he was, no. that was never his specialty. No, but I mean the Vikings. Uh, I just, I there's going to be some some flash in the pan calls in the huddle for them. They're going to be able to get the ball downfield a lot. And and if Dalvin Cook breaks one off in this game, I I just I, I like the six and a half. It's going to be one of my five. Uh, we had that. Uh, that's the marquee matchup of the four o'clock slate. By the way, Vikings and Buccaneers. Let's head to the four o'clock slate. Six games in the late afternoon. That's great. Love it. This is what having no bye weeks will do for you. First up, the Indianapolis Colts will head to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Colts giving three on the road. To me, this is a tremendous, tremendous. Buy low, sell high scenario where people are buying high on the Colts minus three, and and they're they're thinking the Raiders are crap because they needed a miracle play against the uh, the the both these teams needed a miracle play to win their games. They need uh, the Colts needed a miracle fumble from the Texans while they were driving in the red zone, and the Raiders needed the Jets to go full Greg Williams. 
Uh, I like the Raiders getting three at home and in a spot where I think they're going to clip the Colts this week. I like them on the money line, too. Uh, Las Vegas is going to be one of my five. I, I like them getting the three. What do you think, Craig? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I want the Colts and I'll tell you why. Cause the, the Raiders aren't, aren't coming off just scraping by the Jets. They're also coming off getting the shit kicked out of them by Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I know things, this, that's why I think this is a great buy low for the Brandon, Raiders. Yeah. But the fact that Brandon Jacobs is not going to be part of this, does that make you uh, somewhat yeah, nervous it does about hurt it? a little bit? Yeah. makes me a little nervous oh. for sure. I just, I just think that the Raiders' offense—that's uh, obviously what what makes the team go. I think they're going to have a very tough time moving the ball against the Colts. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think I would want the Colts here. I know three is a lot to give up on the road, and they're not going to be one of my five. But I think I would want the Colts here. I just like the Raiders have looked awful on defense for two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row if you count the fact that Mahomes kind of speed bagged them at the end of the game the other night. But that is like that happened to everybody. So if, just at least two weeks in a row, they've looked awful on defense. And they looked better on offense last week, of course, but that was against the Jets. They're literally going from the, from one end of the spectrum when it comes to the uh, uh, talent level of NFL defenses to the other. Um, I think I think they're going to have a hard time moving the ball. I want the Colts. Especially the, if Jacobs... Like, Booker's all right, but Jacobs is the workhorse for that team. They, so much of that offense is designed around him. If he's not around, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, I, I just like it. I think... I think, I think this is just a classic. The public will be on the public will look at this game and they're going to be on the Colts, right? They're going to say, Oh, the Colts just beat Houston and they do this and they're winning their division. And the Raiders needed a miracle to beat the jets. They suck ass. Right. And I just went, you know, I'm just, it's, it's the Dwight Schrute thing of like, I think of what an idiot would do. And then I do the exact opposite, right? Like, or (laughs) Baker, Baker Mayfield quoted that the other day. Right. And, uh, and he also quoted, uh, he quoted a not not Liz Lemon. He he quoted a Leslie Nope thing a couple weeks ago. So uh, Baker Baker Mayfield very up on his uh, his NBC Thursday night sitcoms. Um, but yeah, I I just I'm I'm this is a pure me going against the public play here because I know the public's going to be on the Colts. So I'm I'm going to take the Raiders plus three. Bill, what say you? Raiders getting three against the Colts. Yeah, I actually like the Colts here too. And the reason I like the mm. Colts here is. Las Vegas has been good when they can get momentum on offense, use that momentum on offense to have a tolerable defense. And I just don't think that Carr is going to be able to get that momentum on offense. I think they're going to have some tough drives. They're going to have a couple three and outs that frustrate the defense. Defense is going to get tired. Um, And the Colts don't have the greatest offense in the world, but against tired defense, it's good enough. So I, I like the Colts here. All right, I'm lone wolfing it with the Raiders here. Next up, the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and the the tanking for Trevor continues as they head into Seattle, and Seattle is giving up. This actually opened up at Seattle minus 13.5. It has been bet down to Seattle minus 13. I don't say this too often, but I'm going to take the minus 13. It's not going to be one of my five, but I will be placing money on this game, and I'll probably tease the Seahawks down to eight, but... um, I mean, I, I still like the Seahawks. I liked them giving up 13 and a half. I, I still like them giving up 13. I don't, I don't, I mean, normally I would say hold your nose and take the Jets here, but I think the Jets left it all, all out on the field against the Raiders and the Seahawks uh, got uh, clipped by the Giants. So I think the Seahawks are going to be looking for a little bit of uh, vengeance. This is another game where uh, I, I would say that Giants-Seahawks game was the first game of the season, at least from my perspective, where the lack of crowd um really helped 
the Giants get a victory in in Seattle there. I think I think that game would have been a lot tougher for them to get, especially in the third quarter when when weird stuff started to happen. If the if the Seahawks had that crowd there making all that noise and uh, not having the crowd there obviously favors the Jets as well. Seahawks minus thirteen. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, normally I take the points here. I. I... I think this one's no different. I don't really want to lay 13 with the Seahawks, so I, I'll take the Jets, but I have exactly zero interest in this line and this game. Seahawks length 13 well, against I the Jets. I have some invested interest in that if the Jets could possibly win, it would be very helpful to me, but Fair. I've uh, mostly given up on that. I also have the Seahawks left in my survivor pool, which I'm still alive in, so uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> that, that's one for me. Um... Seahawks giving up 13 against the Jets. What do you think, Craig? There's one factor you haven't mentioned here. Sometimes okay. teams are playing against uh, significantly inferior competition that go in there without the Ray game, and that's how covers on big lines happen. Mm-hmm. Or how I don't they lose to the Giants. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'll say this. I don't think Jamal Adams is going to come into this game flat. No. And I think he's going to make sure that everyone else comes into this game not flat, too. I will take the Seahawks. That's right. We got two revenge games this week, don't we? We got Jamal Adams and Andy Dalton. Andy One Dalton. a little bit more high profile than the other, I think. <laughs> oh. oh, mercy. Um, not since the Florida Panthers against the Colorado Avalanche, though, was was a 5 nothing lead so horribly blown. Uh, Seattle Seahawks did last week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whenever, the, whenever a football game at one point has a score of 5 to nothing, you know that – it's 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 going to be a weird game, and that was definitely a weird yeah, game. For sure, for sure. Next up, the Green Bay Packers head to Detroit to take on my boys, the Detroit Lions, coming off the uh, skid-ending uh, victory. Uh, I didn't believe it, but it, but you guys did. I, I was a little too close to this one, but uh, I just never, never not trust the coach firing bump, I guess, is the, uh, is the moral of the story. Um, Packers head to Detroit. They're given eight. Um, too high. Take the Lions. Packers win. Backdoor cover potential for the Lions, though, because uh, the Packers' defense isn't uh, that good. So I think the Lions are the play here. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I think the same thing as you. I uh, I want the Lions in the eight points. I think this game's at least uh, somewhat competitive, and the Lions are going to be able to move the ball. So give me uh, give me Detroit in the eight points. Uh, Lions getting eight at home against Green Bay. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, you're always a little less surprised in a division game, which tends to keep the score a little bit closer. So I'll take the points in this one. What was the final the last time when these two teams played in Lambeau? Or have they not? If they this is the first time this year they played? No, no they no, played pretty they, early. Uh, yeah, yeah like the, week two, the two or three in fours or something. Yeah. Yeah, Green uh, Bay fustigated them if I remember correctly. Yeah, forty-two yeah, twenty-one, think, doubled them up. Yeah, Detroit, Detroit's a little more competitive this time. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, the Atlanta Falcons head to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. And this is a weird line. The Falcons are getting two and a half. That is extremely suspicious to me. Um, Anthony Lynn should just be fired. This line is so weird that it makes me think that we're supposed to bet the Falcons here. And I'm basing that on just the fact that this is a weird line that I don't trust whatsoever. So I won't be betting this line. Because I'm frightened. Wait, but... you the Falcons getting two and a half? Yeah, the Falcons get it. Get, no, giving two and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah the Falcons. Fa- the... Shouldn't this game be a pick'em? 
It should, which is why I'm like I'm so weirded out that I I feel like they we're supposed to take the Falcons here because this line makes no sense to me. The, the, but I don't want to lay two and a half on the with the Falcons on the road, so it's not going to be one of my five. I just want it to be no. I just want to be on the record saying that I think we're supposed to put the Falcons here just because of how weird this line is. What do you say, Bill? I say that we see the Chargers bounce back a bit here. Um, <clears throat> Julio Jones going to be part of this one? I'll probably have to wait till Friday to find yeah. out. Because, I, I mean, the Chargers can get beat in the air. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And, and the best you'll ever see Atlanta is when they have a high-flying offense. Um, they've struggled to get the run game going this year. I think I like the Chargers here, if, if for no other reason other than they're, they're a little bit mad. They're at home. Um and I don't think Matt Ryan's going to be able to, especially if there's no Julio Jones. No Julio Jones to me means put all your money on the Chargers. But uh, I think I like the Chargers to win this one. If, if you guys had asked me, uh, Julio Jones was held out of practice today. That's the latest on him, so who knows. But Julio Jones has been held out of practice before. Yeah, he's in practice played. on a Wednesday. And <laughs> yeah, and, and and then put up 167 yards on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so game-time so, decision. Yeah, so take that. Yeah. With everyone so, on the field, yeah. So take my decision that for what it is, is I'm going to kick your asses. That's my game-time yeah. decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you guys had a if, – if, if I didn't know what this line was and you guys asked me before this pod started, I would have been off by like four points on this because I probably would have – guess chargers minus one and a half minus two and a half so falcons minus two and a half is, is so bizarre to me uh, i just man um yeah i'm gonna stay away from this one but god i think we're supposed to bet the falcons that's so scary uh what say you craig uh i think i'm going falcons too and um look anthony lynn's gotta go and by all accounts yes. like he's a guy that like you know we've nice seen guy the co- yeah the coaches who've been fired this year we've sort of seen all the players and those teams been like okay good that guy's like Fuck that guy. I don't. We would not see that with the Chargers. They fired Anthony Lynn, but it, it's just there's been too many games this season where they have just been just thoroughly outcoached. Um, uh, it's not even. Oh, you've got a rookie quarterback. Like you can't give up 45 points to this New England team. I don't care if they score twice on defense. I really, really don't. Um, it's just it's it's ugly, ugly stuff. So. He's going to go at the end of the year, which is probably good. You should probably bring in an offensive coach that's going to maximize the chances of uh, of Herbert's success. But uh, yeah, I will take uh, I will take the Falcons in this game. Yeah, BM is yeah. probably looking at that Chargers job, right? And thinking, oh, the yeah, Jets, I can work with that guy. Yeah, if Trevor Lawrence comes in, that'll be in, and they can get uh, they can get him. That's a big one. A weird one was Sorry, if you're if, if you're looking to to get a good quarterback as a head coach. You're going to have the Chargers job open in all likelihood. The Jets mm-hmm. job is going to be open. They'll have Trevor Lawrence. The, the the Texans job is going to be open. We know that's going to be open as well. Um, there are going to be some places where you can go where the coach is going to be fired that you're going to have a pretty good quarterback when you uh, right when you pull in the town. So uh, there's going to be a little bit of a uh, uh, it's going to be interesting offseason to see sort of where all the where all the chips fall. If I'm the enemy, I think i want to go to the jets just because of all the draft capital they have and the limitless cap space and trevor lawrence but uh there's a lot of other factors as well i'll tell you just in terms of head coaching talk and guys who might be i was really weirded out that robert sally was getting all this like talk on the monday night game where they were like man i thought he should have been uh, a head coach last year it was weird that he wasn't and uh he's pretty much in like at, at somebody said he's at the head of the line for the niners job 
or sorry for the Lions job. And I was like, what? As I watched the, uh, as I watched Cole Beasley go for 167 yards against this defensive, this alleged defensive guru. So I'm, I'm not, I think you gave him back uh, Nick Bosa and you gave him back, you know, all those other guys are missing. Maybe things would have looked a little bit better. Fair. We don't have those guys in Detroit though. So I don't, and and we, we, we just, we just went through a whole four year period with an alleged defensive guru. So I don't, I don't, Man, I, I I'll, let's just say I, that was not inspiring <laughs> to to Detroit Lions fan Matt Pierce. That's what I'll say. Uh, next up, the New Orleans Saints head into Philadelphia, and they're going to be playing the fighting Jalen Hurts because Carson Wentz is benched, and I'm fully on the Wentz to Indianapolis bandwagon to uh, reunite with uh, Fred Wright. That's the Stafford to Denver, Wentz to Indianapolis. That's that's what I want for for the uh, for the off season. Saints laying seven on the road. Bill, what do you have to say about this one? I think you got to go with the Saints here. I mean, quarterback change. There's going to be a bit of turmoil there. Saints, a very good team. Philadelphia, bad one. Um, I think the Saints defense is going to be able to confuse. Um, Philadelphia, give me the Saints here. I think they're going to win this one by uh, two digits. Um, Stay away game for me. Way too many variables. We don't know. Drew Brees might be back for this game. We don't know. Um, but and Jay, we don't know enough about Jalen Hurts for me to uh, make a a educated play on the Philadelphia Eagles. So and like the most in in a week with a few stayaways from Matt Pierce, this was the most stay away cuz in my opinion just way too many variables. Uh what say you Craig Saints giving up 7 on the road? If you're if you're the Eagles and you want to get Hurts in there, I get it. Why wouldn't you do it at Arizona, at Dallas or at home to the Washington football team? Why do you give them the Saints first? I don't know, a little self sabotage, maybe. What do you I think? think uh, well, I was, I was, I was saying they should have went to Hertz a couple of weeks ago, right? Like, like it, sure. it's, if, they go, just... if they go to Hertz a couple of weeks ago, sure, that's 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 fine. Yeah. But so with Philadelphia's division, like, at, at what point were their playoff hopes completely ruined? Like, what week They're was not that? ruined now? And, yeah, and technically not now. Yeah. I mean, maybe if, if not, they, but now I think they might still get in. Right, mm-hmm. but I don't care if you have Wentz or Hertz or. I don't know a lot of other quarterbacks. You're probably not going to beat New Orleans here, so. Yeah, and, and that's I, I'm just thinking that from from the perspective of Hurts' development, maybe you could have given him something a little bit easier first. Yeah, let Wentz go throw his three uh, interceptions here, and then yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then you do then you do something else. And I understand why it took them so long to move on from Wentz. I do because that is a franchise-altering decision to bench that guy. And we talked about it a little bit last week. That's a franchise-altering decision. They've made it, and that's fine. I'm not saying that we're, they were wrong to make it, but I understand why they were very, very cautious to make it. Yeah, it, it's such a difficult decision, but it's just there were just so many points of the season, and then they finally just did it last week. But there were just so many points of the season where it's like, you know, you were watching the game halfway through the third quarter. And you would just be like, man, they got to put Hertz in and give him a chance to do something, right? Like it's just, it, like just the Wentz thing wasn't working. It, it was so weird. Anyway, just absolute stay away from me on this game. Too many variables. Last game of the four o'clock slate: the Washington Football Team head to San Francisco or Arizona to take on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are laying three and a half points. 
Um, I'll tell you what I like in this game, and I'll have a lot of money on, is the under 43 and a half. Um, I see this being a very low-scoring defensive-style game, so I really like the under. That's probably one of my favorite bets of the week. As far as the spread goes, the Washington football team has been very good to me. I would imagine that I have bet on or against them many times. Had them on the money line last week. Good for them. Still like the Niners this week. I think the, I, I like the Niners to bounce back even with the three-and-a-half-point hook. They're not going to be one of my five, but I, I I think I want the Niners here in, in what should be a, a defensive game. Steve, or, um, Washington coming off that big win against the the, the Steelers. You can only – I can't imagine that they'll be uh, – I, I can't imagine they'll be completely fired up for this game after they after they had their biggest win of in in the last like I don't know ten years or something like that probably not because they they did have some RG three playoff games and stuff but biggest win in recent memory for sure for the for the football team um, and the Niners just got completely drubbed by Josh Allen so I'm I'm thinking this is another like buy low sell high scenario for me where uh, I think that the public will be on the football team getting points after watching them put the first loss on the Steelers and then watching on that very same night later on watching the Niners just completely not be able to stop the Buffalo Bills. So this is a, this is a buy low sell high for me. Um, give me the Niners minus the three and a half. What do you think, Bill? Yeah. I mean, last, last week was a little bit weird for these two teams. Um, Cause I was wrong on both counts. Um, I think the Niners are a much better team, but yeah, I mean, if you just look at the sample size of last week, you got to go Washington football team, but you look at the the year, I think the Niners are better, so give me the Niners. Uh, Washington getting three and a half in San Francisco slash Arizona. What do you think, Craig? Uh, I want Washington. Okay. I just like what they've been doing. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Washington football team here. Uh uh, and and look, I I, I I like the Niners as well. I just what's the over under in this forty three and a half? Give me forty three and a half. Oh, the under for the under is my favorite bet of the week. The the yeah. the enti- of the entire slate, the under in that game is my favorite bet. It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be on my ticket for sure. Give me give me Washington football team for sure. Uh, Sunday night are pretty damn good one. The Pittsburgh Steelers head to Buffalo to take on the Bills. This game opened up Bills minus one and a half. Uh, which I was stunned by, and it, it I continue to be stunned because it has been bet to Bills minus two and a half, and I'm here to tell you I think that the this game is going to get to Buffalo minus three, and I say wait to get the minus three and then take the Pittsburgh Steelers getting the plus three, but I like the Pittsburgh Steelers now to flat out win this game. This will be like the third or fourth time I've mentioned buy low, sell high. <laughs> Um, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen just played the game of his entire, probably the, I, I, probably the best game of his entire career. That's the, that's the second time I said he that great. he, he played probably what will go down as the best game of his entire career on Monday. The, and now they're, they're, they're public saw that and they're going to be all over, which is why all uh, the public bets are on the, the bills. Then they watch the Steelers lose to an NFC East team. Not thinking that, uh, you know, ruining their undefeated season, not thinking about all the things that uh, we mentioned earlier, the the short week, the, the exceptionally short week, the weird Yankee schedule, the fact that the Steelers fell apart in the second half, you know, been through a, a costly interception at the end of the game. But that said, the Steelers still had the ball down three with a chance to win the game. And they just lost their undefeated season, so they're going to be PO'd. Um, I can't believe th- this is a team that just lost its first game 
and we're getting points with them. So that doesn't come around too often. Much like I said earlier with the Dolphins as a playoff team getting seven at home, these things don't come around too often. I'm I'm taking the Steelers getting the plus two and a half, and I can't wait to see this creep up to three, uh, at which point I will mortgage my house and put it on the Steelers. Um, yeah, this is a spot for me. Definitely going to be one of my five. Craig, what do you think? Steelers getting two and a half on, in Buffalo. I, I kind of like Buffalo a little more than you do, I think. Interesting. Their defense is starting to play a little better lately. I like the the the, def- the matchup of Buffalo's defense against Pittsburgh's offense. I think that Pittsburgh's offense is going to have a tough time. Pittsburgh's offense, trying not to tell anybody, it's been kind of a secret. Pittsburgh's offense has been pretty slow, so so lately, and I think those a lot are of nice drop words. passes, a lot, a lot of, of drop passes. Well, drop passes. James Conner two weeks doesn't help too. Yeah, that, that's yeah. certainly true. Uh, mm-hmm. The drop passes are mostly Ebron and Johnson. I think that Ben's got to realize that Smith Schuster is uh, is by far his most dependable dude, uh, and a guy's Claypool to a lesser extent. But mm-hmm. um, I just I, I just like what Buffalo's been doing on defense lately, and they're 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 improving. They're looking more like last year's Buffalo defense. I think I still want the Steelers here, but to 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 piggyback on your point, you said, well, how often does this happen? You're gonna. You only have to give up two and a half, not even the full field goal, to bet on a nine and three team at home at night. Mm-hmm. You don't. You only have to give up a full field goal to do it. Like, yeah. You know, Buffalo. I think Buffalo is pretty good. And if you were to tell me, and I really believe this, if you were to tell me that Buffalo is the second best team in the AFC and not Kansas City, I mean, not, not excuse me, and not Pittsburgh, rather, as in when it, we're, we're ranking threats to Kansas City, I'd be willing to have that conversation with you about the Bills. I just, based Fair. on not the entirety of the work, but what they've done the last few weeks here. Yeah, the fair. I, I like. I'm not taking anything away from this Buffalo Bills team. I just I think these are two of the three best teams in the AFC, and they happen to be playing on Sunday night. It's great because we haven't got a truly good Sunday night game in what feels like two or three weeks. So I just don't see the Steelers losing two in a row. And and yeah, like I said, jo- there's no way Josh Allen can improve upon the performance he had last week. And I think they I think the Steelers can do better. They're going to have both these teams are going to have the same amount of rest going into this game, which you can't say about the Steelers for the last three weeks. And the Steelers will have what amounts to a a somewhat normal practice week one would think uh, you know knock on wood there isn't any more covid crap that happens with this game i just i think this is a spot where i can i'm getting points with a team that's 11 and 1 like, yeah. i don't know billy what do you say on this one yeah i'm on pittsburgh for this one um i think it's going to be a fantastic game i think that you craig, craig's right in that pittsburgh offense versus buffalo defense is a great matchup um but i think it's it's going to be a close game um i don't see any way this one's a blowout either way uh, which makes me think I'd rather have at least a few points. So give me Pittsburgh. Give me the, like, they're both great teams, but uh, I'll take the points. Like, if I had to guess what the hot take on this game is going to be Monday morning when we all check Twitter or check the internet or pick up the paper if you're old school or whatever you do, um, I, like, I'm, like, I just, I see it being the Steelers win this game on, like, you know, Big Ben, kind of drives down the field they win the game 
And then it's just like, you know, the, the Monday morning pundits are just like, well, doesn't look like Buffalo's ready to take that step yet. You know, couldn't beat the Steelers, you know, and then, you know, and then we do the whole Buffalo Bills circling the wagons thing again. Right. You know, I just that that that's the future I kind of see. Right. Is is. But we'll see. These are two good teams. And, the, and Buffalo is both these teams are fun as hell to watch. And there, there, there should be some some. So there's probably going to be some long touchdowns in this game. I I, I like the Steelers Bills. That's going to be a great game. I Monday think, night. I, Sorry, I, go I, ahead. Greg. One more Bills thought before we go. You mentioned what the narratives might be Monday morning. If Buffalo wins this game, mm-hmm. there's going to be a should Josh Allen be in the MVP race conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I think he was after that. I think he is after that. Uh, I mean, he was in like weeks one through four. Although yeah. we laughed about this on this podcast about having MVP conversations before November. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that, and then he had some, some middling kind of performances there, but he's definitely coming back around and, uh, but I mean, we'll see, he's going up against, uh, arguably one of the best coaches. He's going up time. Yeah. And he's going up against a fantastic defense in prime time. If Buffalo pulls this out, a lot of Mm. people. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely like the, like the pundits and the hot take, like crank up the hot take machine. Regardless of the of of what happens for the in this game, right? Either way, the the hot take machine is is going to be in fuego because I think a I think a close Buffalo loss, people will be like, well, you know, they 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 great team and they barely lost, and you know whatever, you know, came down to the last, and you know, blah 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 blah. Uh, but yeah, uh, if if Buffalo wins this game, I think there's going to be conversation with sort of uh, how close to the. And I guess MVP is a two-person race at this point. Um, how close to those two guys can you get? Yeah, I completely agree. And they'll also be they'll they'll also start having the things like, well, you know, the Bills have the formula to beat the Chiefs. You know, like that sort of thing. And they, there'll be there'll be a lot of that, right? It'll, it, like just yeah, get that hot take machine plugged in because it's going to be like <laughs> the, the results of this game. They're, they're going to be spitting fire after this game, hot take wise. Um, Monday nighter, pretty good one. Ravens head to Cleveland to take on the Browns. This game is at a pick'em. Uh, allow me once again to say this: it's not a buy low, sell high in the traditional sense. But the Cleveland Browns just played the best game of the entire season they had. There's no way for them to repeat that performance. Everybody's down on the Ravens, even with that win that they just had. I know it's a short week, but I'm with the pick'em. I'm I'm taking Baltimore. I just I I like the history and. Baltimore's pretty much had their number in the Baker Mayfield era. So uh, I'm taking Baltimore, and I think they might be one of my five. What do you think, Bill? Not as confident as you. Um, I I think I like – damn, I'm going to just take the home team here. Um, I I think they're both good teams. I think both are going to play, you know – some pretty tough football. I don't think you're going to see a heck of a lot of points in this game. What's your over-under for this one? It's a pick-em. Uh, your uh, over-under. Oh, sorry. The over-under is 47. That's my bad. Sorry. Yeah, Spaced right. out there for a second, Bill. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a slow game. I think Cleveland ends up controlling the ball a little bit better, uh, and therefore they get the win. I, I texted Craig Sunday morning, and I said, this is the first time in the history, at, at least the, for that Browns-Tennessee game, it was the first time in the history of that I can remember anyway that the public was on the under 
Like the the public was overwhelmingly on the under, and I guess I'm assuming the public's thought process was, oh, they're two running for run first teams. It's just going to be a grind them out game where the clock's always ticking, and it's going to be you know like like because the over under was like 52 and a half, and they're like, oh, it'll finish like 24 20 or something, and all easily. And, and I I messaged Craig and I said, how many opportunities do we have to take the under or to take the over and go against the public? And, and and with a fifty-two and a half over at halftime, we were like, we need eight points. <laughs> like, Cleveland unless... nearly got it by themselves. They didn't exactly right. <laughs> it was such a rare opportunity. We're like, wow, we can take the over in a football game with two good two playoff teams and be against the public. We have to do this, and we did, and we easily won money, and it was great. So like, so that was a big moment. Uh, what say about you on this one, Ravens-Browns? Craig, pick them. I'm taking Cleveland. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think they're better. I think they're healthier. I think that the Browns have their game plan, and – what happened when, when they played the first early in the season? Was it week one or week two? I, I'm pretty sure it was week one. I'll give you the score in one? two seconds. What happened when they yeah. played week one? Was, the Ravens was, beat them 38-6. to six. Yeah, it was ugly, of course. It was one of those situations where if you have to take them completely out of their offensive game, they're in a, they're in a bad way, and that's exactly what happened here. Uh, the Browns, uh, Kevin Stefanski is just doing a masterful job of play calling right now. The Ravens, uh, I don't know if I think all is right with Baltimore after what they did to Dallas the other night. I don't think what you do against the Dallas defense makes you feel better about what you might do about other defenses. And if you look at what happened against Dallas, that's their only win uh, since the 8th of November. And I know they've, been, they've lost to some good teams. Well, guess what? I think they're playing a good team this week. Um, I think that this is the uh, put a bow on it big-time Baker Mayfield performance that defines sort of the early portion of the Baker Mayfield era in Cleveland. This is the biggest Cleveland regular season game, honestly, in the second era of the Browns. I think it has to be because of yeah, the Browns. In, in this Baker, in this short-lived Baker Mayfield area, the era, it, it is easily. Biggest, it's the biggest Cleveland Browns regular season game since the Browns' three-year hiatus at the end of the 90s. Yeah, think, you know, you're probably right. here. And this is this is massive. I think that uh, Cleveland comes out, and I think they're going to be pretty good. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, and uh, I, I I like the Browns in this game. Wyatt Teller uh, being on the uh, I don't know if he is tested positive for COVID or is he close contact. He might be able to play in this game because it's on Monday. Uh, so the fact that that's up in the air right now leaves me with some level of concern. But I still I still think the Browns are are, are the team to take here. All right. I'm on Baltimore. You guys are on the Browns. That is it for week 14. All that's left is to do our picky poos. So, Bill, you won last week with the 4 and one week. Why don't you kick us off for week 14, good sir? I will do just that. Um, I am going to take Chicago. Taking the Colts. Taking my Vikings. Going with the Chargers. Bounce back week. We'll see. And the last team I'm taking is I will take the Steelers. 11 and 1 getting points. Can't say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig, week 14, who you got? Oh, let's go, Giants. Let's go, Seahawks. I, don't, I know it's 13. Uh, Detroit Lions. 
Uh, give me the Saints. I know it's seven. And uh, I'm going to take the Washington football team. Washington getting three and a half, and Detroit plus eight. Um, I'm going to be with you on a couple here, Bill. Give me Minnesota. Give me Pittsburgh. I'm going to be against you on Indy. I'm going to take Las Vegas. Um, I'm taking Miami plus the seven, putting my money where my mouth is there. And uh, my last pick is going to be I'm going to take Baltimore on the pick'em. I'm going to I'm going to believe in uh, what Baltimore has done to Cleveland in in recent memory, and uh, take Baltimore. So Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Las Vegas, and Miami. I'm fairly certain that's the first time I've bet on Las Vegas this year because I don't remember having an LV in my picks this year but uh maybe wrong on that um that is it for week 14 crossover podcast bill will the crossover podcast.com facebook.com slash crossover podcast and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast we're on itunes please rate and subscribe five stars only and as always you do not have to listen but please download the crossover podcast we're also on google play spotify and stitcher please listen to us there and leave us a review on any of these websites as well that would be much appreciated uh, we can't keep giving away these winners forever, you guys. But uh, or maybe we can. Who knows? But uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but you can only get them if you listen. That's that's all I say. Uh, but uh, that'll be it for us for week fourteen. And uh, that yeah, if that'll be it for me for this week as well. I don't have anything planned for the other side of this crossover podcast, but we have some stuff planned coming up soon for the month of December. We are recording our Christmas episode on Saturday. So uh, look forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, We'll be back next week to break down week 14 and talk week 15. Craig, Bill, as always, pleasure doing this with you. Take care, you guys, and we'll talk to you next week on the Crossover Podcast.